The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Well, now in the green scene today, we're going to hear about the discovery of a new emperor penguin colony in Antarctica. But first, could self-sustaining floating farms be part of the future for dairy farmers? We're joined by Dr. Ruth Freeman, Director of Science for Society at Science Foundation Ireland. Ruth, good morning. Good morning, Pat. There is one. There is a floating farm. There is a floating farm. There's a floating farm in Rotterdam, which we all know from the Netherlands. A lot of it is underwater. So this is a farm that was set up, inspired by a husband and wife who were working in New York during Hurricane Sandy. And they saw how difficult it was for food trucks to bring produce into people in these flooded areas. So so they were inspired to build on pontoons this sort of three level stable and it has 40 cows up on the top and then in the layers below um, there's uh, areas to sort of process their milk and also to collect manure. Um, Now that manure is taken off to local soccer pitches used as fertiliser. The grass from the pitches comes back and is fed to the cows. Um, They have solar panels on the roof and they collect water um, from rain and and use that to feed the cows. So so this little micro dairy is, is, I suppose, I mean, it is supplying milk and yogurts and things to the local area, but it's also a real conversation starter. Sure. I think. And, and this uh, floating farm goes up and down with uh, the, the tides and any uh, storms and all the rest of it. Or if there was a storm, could they tow it away? They could. It, it could be moved. And again, that was part of the, the inspiration behind the, the, the sandy piece. So, yes, it goes up and down with the tide um, and, and it can be moved. Um, so it's a really interesting, I think, to think about, particularly in Ireland, as we may be more prone to flooding in the future. And, you know, when we think about agriculture, you know, food transportation is one issue, but but also just land Mm. use is a much bigger issue. Now, they're still giving out the emissions, aren't they? They are. And really, when, when you break down the emissions coming from dairy, Transport is a very tiny proportion for, for dairy or for beef. It's only about 1% of the emissions. So kind of eating local meat and dairy doesn't really help with your emissions. Um, but it does help with the land use piece. So yes, the methane emissions are still there. But but land use is a big issue because obviously you have to feed livestock frequently and you have to cut down land to produce food, maybe soy for them. But also often forests are cleared to create space for livestock. So, you know, I guess this conversation about the pressure on land and the impact impact that's having on climate. Um, And a lot of cities are coastal, of course. So if you have these vertical farms moored in the various bays around the big city, you've got a a ready supply of uh, dairy products. But what about the the, the cows? Are they happy up there? (laughs) Well, I did wonder if they suffer from seasickness at all, because, um, yeah, they they seem to be happy enough. It's in the port. There's a lot of sort of dikes around it, protecting it from the most extreme weather. Uh, It's a bit boring, though, to be just in their stalls. Well, they might be. uh, I suppose they can look at the boats and the seagulls and they say coastal views are good for us so maybe they're good for cows too. <laughs> All right. Now let's talk about uh, other um, creatures with coastal views yeah. or non-coastal views, icy views. And this is the discovery of a new colony. That's right. A new colony of these beautiful emperor penguins, those beautiful, tall, black and white penguins that we all love. And and uh, uh, scientists have just found a brand new colony. So um, it's a colony of about 500 pairs of birds. So it's not that small. And it's in on the western side of Antarctica. And they found it using a European um, sentinel satellite. And looking at the images, what they actually saw were brown stains on the ice. Feces. Feces, exactly. So that bird guano. And then they went back with an even higher resolution satellite. And then they could actually see the individual birds. So this is very exciting. This is now, we now have 66 known emperor penguin colonies in Antarctica. Okay, and they are under threat. An unusual species, they breed 
on the ice. They do and that's really why they're they're under threat. So we're, we're heading shortly into the Antarctic winter as we start to head into our spring and, and during the summer the birds will have been out at sea feeding, eating fish and krill and then as the ice forms they get up onto the ice, they march inland and they, they pair up. We've all seen those images of them huddled in the, in the wind, can get down to minus 60 degrees centigrade, very, very cold. They, they pair up, the female lays a single egg which she then hands over to the dad who puts it on his feet and tucks his he has a flap of sort of skin that he tucks it underneath his brood pouch and he stands there in the freezing temperatures looking after that egg and um, because if it goes onto the ice it can freeze and and the, and the little chick inside can die so he stays there resolutely until the, the and what does Mammy do? Mammy heads to the coast to eat. She's very hungry having laid the eggs so she's gone for, for months then comes back and, and, and he heads off and then they take turns looking after the chick. But the, the critical thing is they really need the ice to last from April to September because what happens is the chicks are fed, they get bigger and then of course they have to get ready to swim themselves. But if they're too small when the ice melts they're not big enough to swim. They'll drown. They, they'll drown, yeah. They fall into the, the water. So, I mean, this is the Antarctic winter would be April to September, exactly. the coldest time of the year in the Southern Hemisphere. So they need the ice to last. And they need the ice to last. And that's why this particular species of bird is going to be so susceptible to loss of that pack ice. Um, so, so even though these birds are so far away, we, we can't, we've only found them now. I mean, it's kind of incredible that we're still yeah. coming up with technology to explore parts of yeah. the Earth. And we're seeing them from on high from a satellite. Um, but the interesting thing that they will never see a human with any luck. They'll with never see a human. Absolutely. I mean, these places are so remote, uh, so cold. Um, there's, it, it, it's, it's like going to the moon almost, I think, getting to these parts of Antarctica. So scientists are just watching from on high. And uh, long may it continue that that ice uh, persists. Uh, Dr. Ruth Freeman, Director of Science for Society at Science Foundation Ireland. Thank you very much. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.